0: The end of the song you know sometimes when you're dancing in the final beat you freeze
1: oh if you're 12 and you're at a birthday party
0: <laughs> i've never done that as an adult though Free uh, hello my friends this is andy and heady It can be live from orange county california and um i just want to bring your attention to the californiaparentalliance.org website above our heads Go there and subscribe. We have an event uh, coming up on Monday, which is a virtual event. It's going to be online. We're just going to be talking about, um, you know, the new team that we have at the California Parent Alliance. Yes. And um, talk about what we're going to be uh, sharing on the 14th, which is our live event at Novo Cafe in Westlake Village. So if you know anybody that lives in that area, come down to, um, on, on uh, March 14th, come down to Novo Cafe, 7 p.m. You probably want to be there about 6 p.m. And uh, get your seat because we have some great speakers. One speaker in particular is going to be amazing.
1: You? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. Whoever that's going to be. Um, so make sure you go to the website and subscribe. That way you can get the emails telling you all about it and links for the zoom thing that we're doing on on uh, on monday so subscribe um we were just talking about something and the reason i was kind of dancing and stuff like that is because i was feeling the music and it's interesting that i had this post that talked about how some people feel that christian music is destroying millions like hill songs music Stephen furtick steven paul i don't know what the rest of paul's name is but um I I don't know. I I think the music for me is to get me into a place of of worship of God. I agree. And I'm not sure. I mean, as long as it's not saying God is the devil or something like that. I mean, if the words are,
1: I've heard the criticism and Mm. it's basically like there is, it encourages inappropriate behavior because it's too close to popular music in the sense that, um, By making it so poppy, pop sounding, Mm -hmm. it's as if all of those behaviors are acceptable Mm -hmm. of partying, um, going to clubs, because you're making the music sound very similar. Yes. Uh, As others have said, the repetitions in the song remind um, seem like mantras similar to Buddhism, i.e., like cult like. It shouldn't be repetitive and uh, and said over and over like it's uh, you're chanting a mantra.
0: Hmm. Hymns could be a little repetitive sometimes. No, 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 not at all.
1: No, I mean it's it's just the hymns are based on the psalms or proverbs, and if you for the most part, so when you read them, God wasn't excessively repetitive, other than saying a couple words three or four times, like strong or as I was looking up today, stand as He does mention several times in mm-hmm.
0: Ephesians. Do not but, fear. Do not fear. Loosed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really bring that up because every time I say the word loosed, it messes me up. Oh, yeah. Every time I try to read it, go, that doesn't fit in my world. All right. Hey, with all that, we are reading from Smith Wigglesworth devotional and uh, get yourself a copy. We had, we got some news from uh, a follower, at least one follower who said which they went out and got it, probably because I held it up. I used to hold it up. oh and uh, I feel I feel so good for Smith that people are buying the book.
1: That's fantastic. <laughs> He's in paradise, looking down at you, saying, yes. "Thank you, Andy." Oh, and I if you have book. if you have any comments about uh, the issue of worship music and yeah. popularization of worship music, please write it in the comments. Let us know. Yeah. We'd love to hear your opinions.
0: Very good. Uh, so, for February 25th, the title of Smith's uh, devotional for today is a new. Faith. The reference is Luke 8, 25, and a portion of it says, where is your faith, Hedia? You? Question mark? Okay. The scripture reading is Luke 8, 22 through 39. Smith says, Paul spoke of two classes of Christians, the obedient and the disobedient. The obedient always obey God when he first speaks. It is these people whom God will use to make the world known To know him, world know him. Sorry. God will use to make the world know him. You cannot talk about things that you can, oh my gosh, what's happened to my eyeballs? You cannot talk about things that you have never experienced. God has a process of training us. You cannot take people into the depths of God's God unless you have been broken yourself. I I have been broken and broken and broken. Praise God for the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. You must have a brokenness to get into the depths of God. There is a rest of faith that rests in confidence in God. God's promises never fail. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God can create an irresistible faith, a faith that is never daunted, a faith that never gives up and never fails. We fail to realize the largeness of our father's supply. We forget that he has a supply that cannot be exhausted. It pleases him when we ask for much. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? It is the, it is the much more that God shows me. There are times when a stone wall seems to be in front of us. There are times when there are no feelings, when everything seems as black as midnight and there is nothing left but confidence in God. What you must do is have the devotion and confidence to believe that he will not fail and cannot fail. You will never get anywhere if you depend on your feelings. There is something a thousand times better than feelings and it is the powerful word of God. A divine revelation within you came when you were born from above and this is real faith. To be born into the new kingdom is to be born into a new faith. Your thought for today, if God definitely tells you to do anything, do it. But be sure it is God who is telling you,
1: yeah.
0: and not your flesh, and not the devil.
1: Yes. <laughs> All
0: right, what comes to mind when, you, uh, when we read this scripture or this devotional?
1: It is, I like the analogy of him saying, you know, sometimes it just, the world seems black. Mm-hmm. And it is at that time that you hold on to your faith, especially strong. And I, I totally feel that way sometimes where I feel that whatever the difficulty is in life, it does not shake my faith in Jesus Christ, but it just... And that's why I brought up Ephesians 6, because the Lord just seems to say uh, repeatedly that when the onslaught happens, just stand. Mm -hmm. Don't fall, don't run. Don't think you have to defeat the devil, just stand your ground. And um, that stuck with me. That stuck with me so that I don't feel, I don't allow, I used to, because I've mentioned before, Islam was a very rigorous religion. So I always felt like if I didn't do enough, I woke up the next day and I'm like, I'm praying on time today. Like I was constantly forcing myself to do more and constantly disappointing. It's like being on a diet, you know, like Mm -hmm. you get a good three days and then you binge and you're like, oh, I suck. And, you know, you go back and forth. So I, I don't do that with Jesus. You know, I repent for when I fall short and I just wait. I wait for him to make me better. It's a very different experience. That doesn't mean I, I'm a complete lunatic otherwise, but the, the, the change and transformation that I'm hoping for, the best thing I can do is be still and know that he is God. How long do you wait? It could be weeks. It could be months. Really? Absolutely. Wow. It could be years. I'm so impatient. I mean, that's what Abraham and all of the great prophets, the, the Jews in the wilderness, they had to wait 40 years. They it's just looked time. Like, felt like they were going in circles for that long.
0: You know, I've actually waited almost probably 40 years <laughs> <laughs> to meet Jesus. <laughs> to meet Jesus. Yes. Which is then like, kind of now, now that you say that. Wow. It fits into the part where he talks about being broken. Yeah. Uh, over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, God, uh, you cannot take people into the depths of God unless you have been broken yourself. And it reminds me, I, I, I mentioned something when we were reading it for the first time about like a horse, like a horse being broken. And mm-hmm. also reminds me, I know this is going to shock you, but of dog training, because sometimes you get dogs that Break are just completely in. out of control, like stallions or completely, what we would say is out of control in their world. They're not out of control. Um, Living
1: fancy free. <laughs>
0: Yes. But what I, what I thought about is the reason I started the dog training company myself was because people were using very harsh methods. And it's it reminded me, those harsh methods remind me of what you say about the Islam, the Islam is that here you, you just have keep this rider <laughs> like riding you and then you do submit, but then they whip you again. Like you're just right. going, wait a minute, I'm doing what I you want.
1: Nothing right.
0: And now you want me to do this other thing. And now you're already, exactly. you're already chastising me for maybe not doing it fast enough
1: or good enough or, or... good enough,
0: or I'm never good enough. Like you almost, the, the animal, if you don't find a place to give him praise for his obedience, the, the the horse or the dog have no idea what it means to be right or to be good. Yes. And I grew up direction. with
1: that problem. Wow.
0: A proper breaking of a horse, if I can use that analogy is to know when it is you, you can give praise and love. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. it's a huge part of my dog training business was teaching people that you may have to correct the animal to let them know when they've done something wrong, but it's far more important to let them know when they've done good Mm -hmm. because then they're going to want to repeat and they understand and they understand the rules and they know how to be led by somebody that respects them. Yes. And to not have respect is huge. Mm -hmm. Not having respect in a marriage, not having respect in a friend on friend relationship is, is so important.
1: Or even with our children, yes. you know, if they feel that they can never please us, it leads to very destructive behavior. I had that relationship with my father that I felt like nothing was ever good enough. Mm-hmm. And it led to self-destructive patterns in my life because we leave it to the, the children expect us to help them figure out boundaries, oh, praiseworthy behavior disciplinary Mm -hmm. behavior praiseworthy it's like you don't understand dark unless you have light you can't understand saltiness unless you have blandness so when everything is always this is not right you could do more then as a child i grew up without that sense of almost like right and wrong because Mm -hmm. you don't detect praise you know what i mean uh you don't know you don't know, like, wait, what's the boundary here? You know, like, what am I supposed, and that's how, because people ask me all the time, how could you spend so many years in Islam? And I was like, I had no, I had no sense of, okay, stop. This is bad. Right. Um, to me, everything that you start, you finish. They used to refer to me as Labiba the camel. people in the community used to refer to me as labiba which is this yeah because it's this famous camel a camel in in arab parables that wouldn't quit uh and so i think professionally that's what made me successful but personally it made me a wreck because nothing was ever enough and i keep and and i find myself doing that in christ too until i hear the lord tell me to be still Stop. Um, Seek first the kingdom and the rest will be added unto you. Peace be still and know that I am God. Peace be still. This is what he said in the story, too. When the waves are crashing and they're like, oh, why aren't you helping us? <laughs> and he's like, said to the to the waves and to the sea, peace be still.
0: Oh wow. Huh. Um this also reminds me of of why. God allows us to have free will and allows us to make mistakes. How important that is to our faith that God will say, okay, you think, you think, you think go you got this? we're going to let you go ahead and make that little mistake. And again, back to the animal analogy, it's so important too, that that's what I would do. Sometimes I would say, let the dog, let him make the If he, let him make a mistake. Right, so that we can show him why that is wrong. That kind of thinking is wrong. That kind of action is wrong. I say, "Are you sure?" Well, yeah. I mean, how else is he supposed to know? And Same he, thing we do with yeah. kids, right? And so sometimes you got to even set them up. <laughs> 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 and then we had some dogs that were so darn smart they knew when we were setting them up. Oh, uh, like, oh, now we got to change the rules. But uh, that it's so it's that's so interesting that that kind of hit me when you were talking of that that God has given us free will. Yes. And uh, part of that, I think, is that so we can understand, you know, when it's him, as it says in the devotional, and when it's not. Yes, we will we be able to begin to learn when it, it's of us or you know, demonic um, uh, oppression influence. Yes, yeah, influence. That's what I was looking for. Rosemary says,
1: "The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart." Psalm thirty-four, eighteen. Mm. Amen. Mm.
0: All right, let's get to a couple of these scriptures because this may lead us to some more dog analogies. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Luke 8, through 39.
1: Now it happened on a certain day that he got into, he being Jesus, got into the boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came and on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? He commands the wind and the water, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of Gardenese, which is opposite of Galilee. And when he stepped out onto the land, there he met a certain man from the from the city who had demons for a very long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. It had often seized him and he kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds that were driven by the demons into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that they would not command them to go into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine were feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him, being Jesus, that he would permit them to enter them. And he did. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. They went out to see what happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Isn't that interesting? They were afraid of him being fixed. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he had done, uh, that he who was demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gardenese asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him to travel with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed through the whole city, what great things Jesus had done for him.
0: I, I, two things on this in 39 where it says returned, return to your house and tell what great things God has done for you. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus told him. And then it says in the scripture that then he, the man, went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. How interesting that uh, it, it kind of gives you that that thought that Jesus said, to "Tell what great things God had done." Yes. And the, but the man knows it was Jesus who is God. Yes. So I think that's pretty cool. It's like subtle, yeah, like the subtle subtleness of it. The other thing is up here when it says. Um, as uh he was asleep jesus was asleep on this yes. and during this whole storm like, <laughs> exactly he's like, he's like oh it's like he just he was so comfortable in his in his storm yes and then what i wonder if he kind of like goes what do you guys away with the storm you guys have no faith there where's your faith he says right. where's your faith and then did he go right back to sleep you think
1: <laughs> or I don't know, maybe he's disturbed at this point. You know, it's hard to go back to sleep at that point. <gasps> depends. It depends what time. Yeah, I is.
0: think maybe he just kind of like goes, You guys, okay, enough for the storm. They're 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 a little fearful right? people. You know, yeah. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Such power. But the fact that he was sleeping through this whole entire storm and they had to awake him. He wasn't awoken by the storm.
1: That's a huge part <laughs> of how they talk about the meaning of this scripture is mm. they focus a lot of scholars focus a lot on that. Oh wow. really? Yes i'm like what does it what does it mean that jesus was asleep and what does it mean that he stayed asleep and um what is what's the significance of what he's trying to tell us as believers It's interesting when you think about it what is he trying to tell us that um when he says lay your burdens at my feet and i will give you rest so he's asleep so is he saying hey just relax i'm in control makes me go back to what I said earlier about just standing still is that when you know that your destiny and your fate and your life lies in the hands of the almighty God, and it's already predetermined and the victory is already yours. The best thing you could do is stand still.
0: Hmm. All right. And learn this lesson. All right. And now we're in Psalm 34, 18.
1: The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit, very similar to the verses that um, Rosemary gave us, or is it the same? Oh, it's the same. <laughs> Haha, I love that Rosemary. Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute?:
0: <laughs> Yes. Uh, Romans 10:17.
1: So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God.
0: comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God.
1: And then I want to just pull up this portion of Ephesians, which is between 10 and uh, Ephesians 6, between 10 and 17. And he said, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities and the powers of the dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So it's not just on earth that they reign and rule, but also in um, heavenly realms. So that you put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you're able to stand your ground. And when you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your place and the breastplate of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith and you'll extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. So he said repeatedly, stand stand your ground, we've done everything, stand, stand firm. So he's not saying take your sword and jab it. He's not saying run. He's not saying hide. He's saying stand. Stand your ground. Stand firm. And I heard one scholar describe it, which I loved. It was a young pastor, and he was like, he would go in creeks and rivers and practice that exercise of standing. And so, especially when he was having a difficult time in life, he would stand there and, you know, there's a current, not a raging waters or anything, but it, there would be a current. And he would practice that visualization of standing as the current's trying to move him, but he's standing his ground and experiencing and kind of analogizing that in his heart and in his mind to um, God being like, I got you. Just stand your ground. And this will pass. Let it wash over you, but never let it change your footing. Wow, that's a good analogy. Okay. I liked it. In. I was visualizing it as he yeah. was describing it.
0: Very cool. cool. All right. Anything else on uh, the scripture that uh, that hit as we were reading it? Whether it's Luke. We've heard these the uh, demons f- uh, uh, on a few occasions. It seems that uh, Smith likes the, the swine story. Well,
1: yes. And we've, it's also in, I think, three of the four Gospels. So I don't know if we've heard the Luke version. I know we've heard the Mark and the Matthew one. But maybe this is also the, the third version. Hmm. So he wants to make sure that we understand it's an important part of Scripture. Yes.
0: I th- you know what? You're probably right. Because usually when we're pulling up the Scripture, you know when you go on, on a website mm-hmm. in, or at Google, or duck duck go that if you've looked up something before it's a different color mm-hmm. and this wasn't
1: yeah and- because i could tell by the way it's paraphrased mm-hmm. i mean this sounds more like it's paraphrased than the other one which was
0: direct skip- scripture interesting. all right good afternoon jan hi jan how you doing um so can we go back to the to the music thing yes um there was the one song that we noticed that I that it was being sung, and I've heard the song like, countless times. Reckless think, love, and, and and you hear it sang in church worship all the time. Yes, and it talked about God's reckless love. Yes, and it hit me for the first time when we heard it yesterday. I think it might have been that I go, "Oh, wait, can God's love be reckless? Love be reckless? Is God reckless?" And what what mm-hmm. what's your what was your your stance on that or your thought on that
1: well because this the contrary has come up has come up a lot about the song mm. and um a friend of mine actually who's a bible teacher out in mississippi said she says that, you know you could describe god in, in in many ways but to describe it as reckless is inappropriate because god's love is determined exact it's perfect it's unwavering it's it's reliable but it's not reckless because when you look up the definition of reckless, you could see that it doesn't fit. And I've heard, um, what's our friend, the, the singer's response to the criticism. Oh yes. And I heard him interviewed and he said basically that he didn't mean reckless as an irresponsible. He says, despite the fact that we're constantly sinning and that we're constantly disobeying and disobedient to him, he loves us in a reckless kind of way, meaning he doesn't care about any of that. Um, and he says that's the w- tense in which I meant reckless.
0: Mm. It sounds about what I was thinking. I was thinking that he was merely saying what it seems to us to be reckless. Right. It, it's not. God's not reckless. Right. To us, it seems like we would never love somebody that, that has stabbed us in the back, in the face, in the top of the head, in the bottom of our feet. We would. We would not. We would not. We probably be so reckless to continue to love them.
1: We wouldn't them love us. somebody who just pricked pricked us with a.
0: Pin. Pin yeah, <laughs> or, <laughs> more just, or
1: less the or stabbing purpose. that you just described.
0: <laughs> oh boy, are there any other? Do you know of any other songs that have the? Because now I, I'm, I'm a little more privy to the words. Is that something that comes with a faith in God? Is that you listen to these songs and more of the it's words? Not just actually...
1: songs. It's just remember we had it even when one of our pastors was saying something. And we're like, mm-hmm. 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 That's the Holy Spirit. It's it's discernment saying to you, hey. Hey be careful of that you know it's 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 God making sure that we don't listen to false teachers, we don't um, listen to gospel that is for itching ears you know it's very, very important to be aware of things that are slightly off the beaten track. I know there's a lot of people who believe it's very important to absolutely shelter yourself from external influences and other but I guess I'm just not there in my walk yet.
0: Uh, first, I want to say hi to Robert Block. Hi, Robert. Nice to see you. So and
1: message. please comment if you all like, if you don't listen to music, worship music, even uh, if you think it's more important that you entirely shelter your the variables, the influences in your life. Mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to say it.
0: I know that was the thing that uh, that caused me to hesitate a little bit when the Holy Spirit was pushing me out the door the one day with all these books to go to the park and begin doing this, this talking about Mm -hmm. a devotional is that my fear now coming from, from my perspective or from my point of view of, of not, of maybe using something like reckless love in, in saying that it was God's recklessness. Mm -hmm. I, I was so worried that I would say something that, and, and so, Really, in the beginning, I would say, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing. So if anybody hears me saying something, make sure and let me know if there's something wrong or something inappropriate that I'm saying is I'm beginning to speak up. But with, with that being said, and, uh, and then I w- definitely want to hear what you have to say is that we can't allow that fear to keep us from sharing God's love. Yes. And his word that the thought that, no, we're all going to say something that may not be necessarily 100 percent correct. But, you know, don't, you have to, you have to do it. You have to start. It's like anything. You have to start doing something. Yes. Even if you may not get it right the first time.
1: So I enjoy the benefit of having some pretty hardcore, like Baptist friends that I yeah. I've learned a lot from. And then I have the wild and fancy free Christians on the other extreme of the, of the pendulum. And I, listen to the criticism of some of these, the more charismatic evangelical pastors and the clips that they take from their sermons, which oftentimes are pastors I've listened to. So I understand and know the context of that clip um, to me are often uh, extreme criticisms. Like they're, they're not warranted. They're not warranted criticisms that um, I think that they take it too far. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're not entirely false they're not made up but they're not false news they're not fake news it's but it's the it's looking at it from a from an angle that um is as unappealing as possible It's the best way to describe it right like it's just like how do you take the worst possible interpretation and perspective on this right now um and that's what it looks like to me in juxtaposition to that is this thing called the elephant room, which I don't remember (laughs) who created it, but it was an attempt to bring all of these different schools of thoughts and their great leaders and pastors together and say, can we find common ground? Can we find a way of saying we all believe in the basic tenets of Christianity? We just differ on the means and modalities that we use to get there. And
0: I loved it. It was a great. The elephant room was a series of videos, um, on YouTube. Yes. Mostly. At least that's where I saw. Yes. Uh, Mark Driscoll was on there. Pastor Mark Driscoll yes. was on there.
1: Verdict was on there. Um the African American, very famous. TJ uh T D Jakes was on there. Mm-hmm. There were uh the gentleman saddleback, church Rick Warren was on there. Interesting.
0: Jan Francis says, Well, I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs>
1: ha ha! Yes, aren't we? All <laughs> DC talks. Fantastic.
0: It? Yeah. Um the um, the difference between you and I, other than sexes, the sex, the sex Sexist. difference, the sex difference. Um, gender, female, female, yeah, gender, yeah, yeah. Um, is I think your your education, USC, UCLA, uh, attorney training background, and probably some of your father's you know pushing of you when when you. <laughs> find out that if there was something that you didn't connect correctly it devastates you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and me yeah. i just go all right didn't know whoops uh, <laughs> i get very upset <laughs> you do um but we're, we're just to answer that question where does that come from is it you're just i, I
1: your- gotta say it's also it's not just my father but it's also career mm-hmm. so you when you spend 20 years in dc every single word matters. If you get quoted having used the wrong expression or describe something wrong, um, you'll suffer a world of hate. Um, Yeah, I mean, people will make fun of you forever. You will never be able to live it down. Even at a conference, if people, you know, discussing complicated subjects, if if you express it clumsily or lazily,
0: like, like me saying the difference between our sex and you go you mean our gender
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like things like that people will walk around town forever and be like ugh, can't even doesn't even understand the difference between sex and gender and, you know what i mean like and, and you're just forever trying to live down this one thing you know so i'm a little obsessive about that stuff for sure and people, am I? Am I? Even my staff used to think it was nutty because they're like, "What? What's the big deal? What word we use?" And I'm like, "It is a big deal. Every word matters." And you notice that. And then, I, I mean, and even in ministry, I read articles, you know, writing for the Post, for the Christian Post, all the time, where there are people going off on somebody for a sentence, right? You know, in their sermon. And so, the more famous, we're just not famous, but the more famous you get. What?
0: We're not. We're one of the top five most recommended recommended podcasts podcasts on Christmas. Um, Yeah.
1: But, you know, people start to pick at you the more famous you get, the more in the public eye you get.
0: Reminds me of the message we got last Saturday from the guest speaker. His name was Ed. Yeah. Oh,
1: about his own guest speaking. Yeah. Yes. That, Why that, do you move your glasses? He off?
0: kept fixing his glasses. And then somebody wrote a, a email and it counted how many times he fixed his glasses. And yes. how annoying that
1: was. Well, and actually, <laughs> and I, we had a similar experience, right? Somebody messaged me on Instagram saying, you know, you guys run a devotional. Your husband follows inappropriate people. And I was like, <laughs> "I do. oops, <laughs> we should fix that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I was in the, the fitness industry especially, you follow anybody that has some type of fitness thing going on. And um sometimes it turned out that it was more skin than fitness. <laughs> <laughs> well, also and- or people with that that are all constantly in bathing suits, they it, it appears to be, you know, inappropriate.
1: Well, and also there is um so I had social media. I had a social media company at one point doing promotions for me, which I ended up stopping because the content they put out and the people they follow, I was like, I, I was afraid of exactly what happened to you Mm. is that somebody would come back and be like, who are these people you're following? And some of them, I would keep saying to them, why are you following these people? She's like, you don't understand. This is the way social media works. You follow a hundred people. They follow you. Then you unfollow. You follow a hundred people and then they unfollow. Like it is a methodology to it. Well, I was really uncomfortable with the methodology, Hmm. which is basically blanketly following people.
0: This goes back even a long time. I remember, you know, I was in obviously in the canines for you know many, many years. And so I was constantly buying books about dogs, going to seminars about dogs and some of the worst dog trainers on the planet. I'd go to because you learn stuff from some of the worst people that do the job. You learn how not to do stuff. And then I got into sex crimes. Yeah, like I want to research, but I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to, you know, you gotta you gotta be careful. Yes. Like I, with the dogs, it doesn't matter for right. the most part. People will say, Well, what do you follow this person for? He's an idiot. They go, okay, I just want to hear what he has to say. But when you knew it, was in I was in sex trans for a couple of years too. Like you can't research anything on the internet. <laughs> like you have to make sure that you're going to a seminar or a police approved location. That's you, what it was like in you, the you FBI. Can't do anything, too. uh, you know, via you know, a search. You know, Google search. It
1: was the same thing at the FBI. I would tell my boss, I, I need to go home and do some research. And he's like, I, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, because every time I do something on this computer, this blue screen pops up, which is like, this <laughs> website. <cycle." laughs> and I, I literally want to run into the bathroom and hide. It scared, it scared the daylights out of me. And I'm like, it just so nerve wracking to do this here, <laughs> you know? So, oh, same oh thing. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. Now we had to do stuff because sometimes you have to go into another. Know a suspect's computer, and go to their their history. Sure, and, uh, and research that. But you had to make sure it on a specific computer, and you had to make exactly. sure the supervisor knew. Oh, what a pain in the butt! So funny that we're getting into this whole discussion. But it's important. I mean, I, I realize that it's important to kind of go through those things. You know, I mean, my CBD life. You know, um, people can misconstrue. Is that right? that, that and that still, that still happens. it Still happens. <laughs> What are you, a, a drug dealer? Yeah, no, no. And so we have to go this whole long explanation. Um, so interesting, but yeah, is but people begin to you now as again as you get more known, people research you and want to check on you and say, you know, hey, you're a.
1: And you, it's interesting. Marijuana. I go, no, I don't. Well, especially <laughs> <laughs> former cop that sells marijuana, like yes. you're a weird dude. <laughs> um. <laughs> They uh, and I. It makes me harken back (laughs) to when my campaign folks at Salem Media told me, like they were the the general manager at Salem was like, you need to go talk to Pastor Jack. Like I was just content with just going to the church, but he's like, no, you need to you need the spiritual covering. And when I went to see um, Pastor Jack, what he explained specifically is that people will question my faith. Mm -hmm. You're going to come out very public and. You need the credibility of somebody saying, Yes, I see this person. They're in my church. They're not just doing this to become famous. Um, and so I've seen over time, and that's why it's really such a blessing to write for the Post and do this devotional, is that I think people like the Sons of Liberty would never have had me on were they to be suspicious. I mean, I have some very serious friends that would never in a million years bring on a Muslim convert unless they were absolutely 100% sure. Um, it wasn't a wishy-washy faith. <laughs> so. Yeah, Danielle says. The critics remind me of the parable Jesus told of the splinter in your eye versus the plank in my own. Yes, absolutely. So, you, But the problem is you never know what their splinter is because they're, they're just pointing out yours. And so you wonder, you're like, wow, you really are. See, but there's a bounce. I was just going to say, you'd say, oh, well, you got nothing better to do but point at my faults. But the Lord tells us in scripture to, you know, gently call out the shortcomings of our brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. and to admonish them, um, nicely, politely. And if they don't stop to bring it to the attention of the church. So it's not a small thing. And then there's this uh, commandment that Danielle's talking about is that, you know, fix your own problems before you go fixing somebody else. So there's mm-hmm. a balance, yeah. like almost everything in scripture God says, okay, do this, but remember there's the other side of this too. It's all it's all about that.
0: It reminds Balance. me of the appropriateness of a friend of mine, a very strong Christian, who saw the devotional. Right. devotional. He's and like, Are was, you living I right was sleeping at your house when I had COVID <laughs> and I couldn't sleep at home because I had the kids yeah. back when we didn't know like now I could I would have I would have gone home immediately because I go, what do, what do like, I? Care? That
1: was a much that was a much more dangerous strain too, the Delta. Yeah. By the time we got to Omicron, it was nothing. Like Daisy. But I was sleeping at
0: your house. Yes. And uh he, he goes, You guys aren't married, what are you doing sleeping at your house? And yes. I go, Well, number one, we agreed not to do anything uh inappropriate. And uh and I tell him I, I was sick and I was quarantining. He was say, like, Yeah, right, you were quarantining. <laughs> 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 not really. Um yes. but uh yeah, but the but, but my point was not that whole thing, but about the way he did it was, was yes. I, I thought, was very appropriate. In yeah, and in private. And
1: I even think that of the person who messaged me about the Instagram stuff. I mean, he was very sweet. He's like, I know you guys are building a reputation. You've got this great devotional. You should look at this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was this, I could tell the spirit of it, it was very kind and very gracious. Yep.
0: Pretty good. <sighs> That's it? Yes. Cool. It's nice to see Robert Robert.com. I hope Robert Black on. His name is Robert Block.
1: Robert Block back on. There you go. <laughs> Peter Piper says to pick a pickle peppers.
0: <laughs> so I hope he's doing well. We'll look at, look in the messenger and uh, see what you got to say, Robert. Thank you. And Jan and Danielle and who else? Yes, Man, Rosemary. Yes, very good. And uh, make sure you comment uh, if you're watching the replay and let us know that you caught the replay. And whatever you're doing, I, I see people doing that a little bit more. Um, uh, more often. Oh nice. I see some comments coming in after on um, the replay. So it's very, very cool. <clears throat> All right, just one more reminder on one issue and that is that we have the California Parent Alliance that um, we want to make sure that you subscribe to um, whether you are a parent or a grandparent or aunt or uncle. It's important uh, to keep up what's happening in our schools. even if you're not in California. I would say uh, keep up because we um, I, do, I do another podcast for that. <clears throat> and we're going to have some guest speakers at our events that we're going to make sure and videotape and have on there. So um, some very timely information um, for you to help with making some changes in our school system, whether it's in California or another state. The other thing is we have this wonderful app that you need to be made aware of. What is this app?
1: It is the Edify app. It's out by the Christian Post, and it has some of the most amazing podcast podcasts. Uh, messages from uh, Bible teachers and scholars and therapists and we happen to be on there as well so check it out
0: this podcast is part of the Edify podcast network Edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or By going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app.
1: Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again.
0: Yeah. Love you guys.
1: God bless. God bless.